Do you think Catholics do that thing where they like cross themselves before they eat ass? Oh, huh? <laughs> I think or is that I only mean, for like dinner time? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what's the occasion? Huh? So do Baptists like say grace? <laughs> grace, Lord. La, 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 la. We sit down before this asshole, uh, <laughs> humble before you. Just say grace and. Pass the maple syrup. <laughs> Pass the jelly. <laughs> well, maybe we got some Catholic listeners out there. They can clue us in after they listen Please. to this installment yeah. of Dead and Lovely. It's the podcast you're listening to right now, uh-huh. believe it or not. Yep. I know you thought you turned on uh, Rush Limbaugh reruns, but... <laughs> Man, it is such a shame that that theme song is like burnt into my memory because of like riding around in my mom's Aerosar van listening to Rush Limbaugh. I was going to say, that, is that the theme song? Wow. Yes. I can't believe you remember it. That, I'm wow. so happy that you don't know it. Like, it oh, makes me no. happy for <laughs> you that you didn't grow up with it, honestly. Even as oh. a child, I was like, that man's dumb. <laughs> here with the host of the most it's me your good buddy uncle ben and me hollywood steve and on today's episode we're going to be taking a deep dive into magic yeah magic. you you pulling your jick out and we're diving in yeah i'm pulling magic out on you guys yeah <laughs> exactly we're whipping magic out jick does sound like a just horrendous word it really does. Seems uh-huh. like I should be in trouble for saying that, right? Mm, we're not, though. You can't get canceled just because the word sounds like it should cancel you. Oh, okay. Is that yeah. how it works? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but don't go try it. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> no, maybe just don't. Don't, just don't. Don't say that you heard it from us, either. Okay? Right. If you say it and somebody looks offended, guess what? You found a new word. <laughs> <laughs> You're an entrepreneur, a discoverer, an astronaut of vocabulary. You didn't hear it from us. If you want to get straight onto the movie review portion, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But before we do that, we're going to do some catching up and shit shooting like we do here on this show. We're doing a little double header action today. Mm-hmm. So we're just at all damn day trying to get ahead because I've got myself some very busy times coming up. You on do. Me. You got to go out on a boat and play a guitar. Got to be boating, mashing ropes and stuff out there mm-hmm. on old Shiprock cruise. So I've got a ton of material I got to learn, and that'll be a really good time. So things have been busy around here. So busy, in fact, that um, I haven't watched anything this week. Nothing. Oh wow! <laughs> well, things are things are also busy over here where we uh, we found an apartment. You found one! Hooray! Did you Hooray. go with the strategy we talked about, where you rode around in the car going apartment, apartment, and okay. somebody like pointed you to one? That kind of happened because mm. it, it's on the way to Anna's work. And I just was like uh, Googling those apartment buildings that I saw on the way. And now, see, when you say it that way, it makes yeah. me think you drove by and like maybe one of the window blinds like winked at you. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave you that I want you inside me look. Yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it was you know asking what? for it. Okay, I'm coming in. <laughs> 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 uh so yeah we found an apartment um and and that that's that's looking good except that uh and and, and this is wonderful we have we have a bit of an overlap with our current place and, and that place with the move in so, so that, that's nice it gives you a little bit of leeway and time with getting things yep. moved <laughs> but also um 
I, I got a call from them saying, you know, you've been, been approved, etc. You can come by and get the keys uh, sometime this weekend. And here in Portland, it's ice storms coming. It's, Woo! boy, I'll tell you what, snow's coming Saturday. It's supposed to be icy starting Friday night. Uh, looking like the whole weekend might be a wash. So <laughs> that's great. Okay, look at it this way, though. Think about how much money... You'll save on gas getting to and from the two apartments because you can just put the car in neutral and just slide the whole way. That's just resourceful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I did tell this story, I believe, uh, last year around this time when we had a big snowstorm where um, I had gone to pick Emily up and she worked around this area where we're, we're moving to. And it, it's all hills, all hills. And we tried, like, turned onto a hill and got. I don't know, a hundred feet up it and the car just went sideways and then a bus turned in behind us and oh, we couldn't. Shit. <laughs> so yeah, getting out there is an impossibility when it's icy, but if Oof. we're already out there, Hey, no problem. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. you go, man. There you go. So yeah, I'm uh, that that's taken like a, about a million pounds of anxiety off of my shoulders, getting that sure. figured out. And then, you know, be, uh, I, I mean, aside from from the ice situations and whatnot, we'll get everything moved. It's it's gonna be done, and then we can just chill and know we've got a place for for uh, the foreseeable future, which is great. So good deal. Yeah, yeah, feeling a lot better. And then <laughs> I went and watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Oh, cool! You're having too good worse. of a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good, man. You needed to bring yourself back down to Fuck. being super fucking depressed, huh? I mean, I I said at some point, I think this is inexcusable. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like whenever we saw it last year, I talked about it on the show. I was like, "Don't watch it. I will yeah. never watch that movie again ever." I've I'm talked not- to a few people since then yeah. that were like, "Yeah, I watched it. I thought it was okay." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're a serial killer. You're what? a sociopath if that movie didn't destroy you. <laughs> right. Here's the thing is it's good storytelling. There's it's some cool just, stuff in there, yeah. It's just, oh. I oh, mean, man. you find out why Rocket is so bristly, but also like clings to the same people. And it's, it's uh, boy, it's uh, heart-wrenching. I boy, hated it. I will never, ever, ever watch it again. <laughs> No, I see no occasion why I would ever watch that movie again. And it sucks because, like, I love the franchise and I love what James Gunn did for the MCU. But then that that one is just untouchable to me. I have no idea when I'll ever want to see animals being tortured and experimented on. And And killed. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. dude. But, like, all the cool ass, like, Barbarella style sci fi scenes in there. Like, when they're in that, that crazy ship that's all, like, it's, it's like very like round and cloudy and puffy and they're wearing uh-huh. the color-coded spacesuits. Like that's so fun and so it is. cool. It is I'd cool. love to revisit that. Maybe there's going to be like an edit that cuts out all that stuff. Yeah. All the bad stuff. That's just you know? like Rocket's, somebody's just like, hey, Rocket, why are you the way you are? And he's like, it's complicated. And then they're yeah. like, okay, cool. All right, then that's fine. <laughs> anyway, space stuff. Jeez. Yeah. I'm glad it had the same effect on you because yeah. we watched it in theaters I and it like ruined was- our week. I thought I was prepared because of what you said. Like, I really thought going in, like, fuck, I don't know, man. Like, I'm uh, just, like, prepared. I know there's going to be some rough stuff. I was not. I was not Uh -uh. prepared. No. Uh, Anyway, uh, I watched uh, watched a movie called Upgrade, 
which uh, mm. Anna had been wanting me to watch. And uh, boy, it's cool. Like a uh, 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 techno horror type thing okay. directed I by like Lee Wan L. I, I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't want to honestly don't want to say too much about it, but uh, the the techie bits were cool. Uh, the horror bits were cool. Very enjoyable. Kind of black mirror-y or what? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, okay. yeah, that's what I'd say. It's like, uh, but it was like awesome action. Like, so it's like a, a tech horror action film. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm on board. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, we watched uh, uh, V for Vendetta. Oh, it's been forever since I watched that. Boy, I'll tell you what. Um, Christo Fascist taking over, uh, like, after a, a, a plague. Hmm. Doesn't sound familiar. No, it doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> I can't think of how that could ever be relatable, so this is just entertainment. Oh man, Viva Vendetta is great. I like it it it's it was obviously talking about a, a dystopia of Christo fascism and it's it's very hard to watch now, I think, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. There there's okay. some things that's just Here's like the Oh, what close. if we took all the great minds and great sci-fi authors that write these dystopian future stories, right? Mm-hmm. What if we just totally blacklisted them, never let them make another dystopia again? Because yeah. it's obvious what's happening is people are reading these things and getting ideas for how yeah, things yeah, yeah. are Oh, to yeah, because they're not creative. They're idiots. No, 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 no. Yeah. But they need the instruction manual. Yeah, like, oh, so that's how listen, I end up on Listen, sci-fi people, just write, only write <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation fanfic from now on. Yeah, that's oh, fine. That Picard seems pretty good. went to a world where everybody's a furry. Okay, cool. All right. Well, maybe we try that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. V. Vernetta, great though. Hugo Weaving and and um, uh, Natalie Portman, amazing. Oh, yeah. Stephen Hugo Fry, great. Yeah. Uh, John Hurt, gosh, it, it's it's just a great cast. Shit. Yeah. Stat cast. Damn, uh-huh. I forgot about all those people in there. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, we watched a movie for uh, Legacy Brutality called Black Noon, which is a made-for-TV horror western from 1971. Hmm. Cool. Now, let me tell you this. Like, I, 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 we were talking about it because in the 70s, made-for-TV movies were for real. Like 60, oh, yeah. late 60s through the 70s and into the early 80s. Made-for-TV movies, like Duel, Steven Spielberg's first feature film. Well, fe- not feature film. First film is a TV film. It didn't go to theaters. It went to CBS. Sure. Um, I mean, even a lot of people forget Salem's Lot was not a movie. That was a TV yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> TV movie, yeah. So when I say Black Noon is a, a made-for-TV horror western, that does not say it is not quality. Because, boy, I'll tell you what, good story, solid acting, good weirdness. It feels like a episode of Twilight Zone at times, but in a good okay, way. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, boy, I'll tell you what, and it, if you're looking for it, it's on YouTube uh, there's there's a couple uploads of it. One is is higher quality than the other. I'm sure you can figure it out. Um, but it's 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 good. I, I very much enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, and then uh, over there on the screaming chat, we watched uh, Elvira's Haunted Hills, which oh, I'm sure that's great. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, <laughs> Elvira, of course, always a blast and a treasure. I don't know if you don't follow her on Instagram. She's she's great. She's so awesome. Just Cassandra okay. Peterson is the best. Maybe I will. Yeah, you should. The real Elvira. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, so those aren't the only things we've watched because we, as you said, we're doing a double header, so I split them up. 
Nice, man. Yeah, Gotta keep them separated. Ahead. Offspring style. Yep. Uh-huh. Good call. Ting, ting, yeah, ting, dude, we ting, had ting. ourselves a, a couple of big old rock shows over oh, the yeah? weekend. A couple of cool. big old skank banger, 80s hair metal tribute shows. We had one uh, public show, one private show, although we did show our privates at the public show. So oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, did you show out. your publics at the private show? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just that the unimportant sense. bits, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the boring parts. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, man. We've been working with a uh, a fill-in vocalist uh, out of out of Charlotte that has just been killing it, man. Absolutely fantastic, man. Goes by the name by the stage name of Rick Shaw. Rick Ooh. Shaw, okay. Yeah, Rick Shaw. Pretty All cool. Right. Pretty cool name on that guy, but man, it's been great. It's been a really really fun thing getting to play some shows with that guy. So things have been going really great with that. Other than that, like last Tuesday. After we recorded the Pontypool episode, I guess the next day, we were taking down all of our Christmas shit, uh-huh. like tree and all that jazz, because right. we were ready to get the fuck away from the Christmas season. <laughs> uh-huh. We're done with it. It's yeah. done with us. So we were taking all that stuff down and just watching uh, episodes that we had already seen of the Try Guys Without a Recipe series, Oh, okay. which is such a fucking delight. I don't know if you've ever watched any of those. Have you? Mm, I think I watched one or two, yeah. Man, they get great. Like, the first couple episodes of Without a Recipe are, are pretty good. They're still kind of playing it safe and figuring out the format. But, man, once they get going on that series, it is hysterical. There is so much fun, stupid shit in there. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Very, very Wait, enjoyable. Do they have an episode where Ned ruins his marriage without a recipe? Or Oh, man. I know, right? Yeah, he did that. He did that seamlessly. <laughs> As if he knew the recipe for how to ruin your marriage and your social media platforms, right? Yeah. He did that easily. Yeah. <laughs> He's born for it, I guess. <laughs> what cool. a dumb dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's been cool, man. Just been uh, digging deep into the Van Halen reservoirs. Did a little video about some lost Van Halen riffs that were on some of their early oh, demos. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Been working, working, working. So, yeah, just keeping on it, man. And I also watched myself a little movie called Magic this week. And you know what it had in it? A magician. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'd call the guy with a, a, a dummy. Magician. Yeah, that guy up there with the, the ventriloquist dummy, he's doing magic. He's magicking for sure, <laughs> right? At first, he's carding. So he At is first carding. he does magic. But then he's like, you know what I need? Ventriloquism as well. And he kind of pivots. What? He he nails it. He nails it. But you know what? What a what a weird time it was in the seventies that this was like a plausible thing that this guy was just kind of doing adult talent shows with card tricks and then adopts a dummy and it's like NBC wants a pilot with you. It, <laughs> like it, that what? was real. I mean, <laughs> I like, know <laughs> there's a guy still touring this country right now. By the way, he I believe his tour is called the not still not canceled tour uh jeff dunham with his racist puppets doing his shit comedy so (laughs) hilarious that that is a holdover from this time the people who love that are from this time they love this type of stuff and i'm i mean i he does a great job at it they're like this is a very well put together show but yeah it's not it's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, it got me kind of thinking to myself because I saw this magician doing some card tricking. I saw him doing some dummy talking, and uh-huh. I was like, "Man, what kind of magician am I? What kind would I be?" 
<laughs> you, that's a thought to have in this movie. I, ha- I think that. And and did you? I don't know. Like, did you maybe go to like the ancient internet and look through maybe some like old angel fire tomes to find a quiz that might tell us what type of magician we'd be? Oh, I'll tell you what, man. I did you one better. I went over to gotoquiz.com. <laughs> and found a 14-year-old quiz. Is it actually? I didn't look at a date on it. That's awesome. <laughs> so let us know, what magician are you over here in the preview palace? Welcome God, we're so the hip. preview palace. <laughs> so fucking hip. God we're damn, hip. we're cool. We thought, listen, all the kids are into BuzzFeed. Let's bring. Let's get retro, you know? We'll bring it back. Well, this back. movie's from the 70s, you know? You it's know, like we're, yeah. we're going way back. Well, I mean, the 2000s are back. This is from 2009. We're just ahead of the times. Yeah, 2009. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> a different world. It was. It was. How about it, man? <laughs> so, All right, now, see, we got about 10 questions on this piece right here. Uh, are you excited to find out what kind of magician you'll be? Yeah, I, I really... What I hope is when we get to the end, it's like, go to this site to get your results. <laughs> yeah, to claim your beanie baby and get your results <laughs> or if it has like html to add to your myspace page oh no that would be sick <laughs> and a link to buy a commemorative princess diana uh fine china plate <laughs> <laughs> very so, yeah. hip all right i think i think i'm just putting out a prediction right here you ready uh-huh let's hear it i think i'm a chris angel i think i'm a real mind oh, freak okay you know okay he's kind of rock and roll he's kind of gothy he's kind of dark you know Maybe that's me. I'm probably more of a classic Houdini type. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so not a Copperfield. Not really one of those, huh? No, no, no. I, listen, making the Statue of Liberty disappear, might as well burn a flag. Yeah, that's right. right? You ain't getting rid huh. of freedom. Get out of here, Copperfield. Go on, get Copperfield. <laughs> How about it? All right, Steve. Now, question number one. This is very important for magicking. Why are you taking this quiz? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited Hmm. to answer this question. We got a couple answers here because I have nothing else to do because I love quizzes because someone worked on it. So they deserve to have someone take their quiz. I think the author wrote that question. Of course they did. (laughs) Or why do you need to know? Damn. Oh, wow. This is already just great. I think I I'm going to say because I love quizzes. That's a good idea because we do them on the show. So clearly we love them. (laughs) <laughs> we got to be one of the quiz taking this podcast you've ever heard, listener. For- <laughs> um, I love I'm going to when choose- we started doing this. It was like already. Like yeah, it's kind of on the way out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny though. So I'm going to go with the because someone worked on it answer, and I just noticed that th- this little answer that the author wrote in himself to try to get himself some some love yeah. and attention. He misspelled someone on here. It's like. Uh, some some omni, some omni. <laughs> maybe some omni's a great wizard is the thing that we just oh, don't even know some omni is a great magician on it holy yeah shit. Okay. you are the wizard some omni some om- and some omni is non-binary uses they them pronouns so okay we figured it out there we go a prophecy is spoken Wait, is it a prophecy is it a oh prophecy? a prophecy is spoken this is riddled with fucking spelling yeah, this is great uh answer one does it speak of my victory Ooh, yay uh what 
what does it say? Oh, man. I'm going to go with a yay. I'm always excited when there's a prophecy, man. Like, anytime there's a story where there's a prophecy, what has to be fulfilled or maybe not fulfilled, I want to know about it. So, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say what I would pro- say. A prophecy. A prophecy. Fro- <laughs> exactly. I'm going to say what I would say if somebody said a prophecy is spoken. <laughs> a what? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more like Can it, you write it down? What does that Excuse mean? Me? A prophecy? <laughs> I think that's a prophecy about an afro. It's a prophecy. Oh, okay. There shall be an afro one day. Listen, and honestly, all. that's just like, like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel there. Of course there's going to be. Duh. <laughs> all right. Number three, you are wounded and about to die. What are your final words? Okay. Wow. Okay. See you all in hell. Why me? I couldn't be wounded. I'm way too cunning and powerful. That's T.O. I'm yeah. way too cunning oh, and powerful. Oh, I'm way too cunning and powerful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, meaning too cunning and powerful, you are way. <laughs> way too cunning and powerful, right? Yeah. <laughs> cunning and powerful. They're asked, what about Steve? And they go, oh, he's way. He's way, way, way. Uh Oh, you talking about way? Yeah, uh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Uh yeah. I know the guy. Uh, Goodbye, cruel world, or hasta la vista. Uh That is not spelled with the correct. Hasta la vista is what it says. Yeah, hasta la vista. That's again. That's a magic spell. Like we're just misunderstanding. That's a uh, samomni spell. Is samomni says hasta la vista. (laughs) (laughs) Great and powerful samomni. Fuck me. <laughs> this is great. Um, it actually is. I'm going to say the magic words. Hasta la vista. Yeah, who knows what it might grant you, yeah. right? You might, you might return uh, stronger and more powerful. I really hope so. Could be. Um, I'm going to say for myself, I'm going to go with a see you all in hell and shoot double birds. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's fucking hard. That's ass. great. It's it is cool. hard. That's hard. It's a real fun thing if, say, you've lived like a quiet, peaceful life. Oh yeah, just like right uh, at your deathbed, just flip off the, your the love of your life and say, "See you in hell." <laughs> See you in hell. I like that personally. Yeah, if you had a power, what power would you have? Oh, uh, elements: fire, earth, air, water. Mm. The power to kill with one look. Oh, I'll take anything. I want everything with a capital E. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think? I think, fuck it. I want everything. Why not, man? You know if what? I'm going, why not Get go it. all out? I don't have to use them all. I mean, I don't need to fucking snap my fingers and Thanos the universe or anything. Like sure. Maybe the great but wizard Samomni might, you know? Oh, Samomni, of course. He'd be yeah. like, ask the Lavista and everybody be gone. <laughs> Poof, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use my powers for good, but yeah, I'll take them all. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the elements. Uh, just trying to summon captain planet see what happens oh here's the twist though it's actually just you have control of all of the honda elements that are on the road that, okay that's a lot They're of cars. Your command that it is, is a lot, lot of cars yeah <laughs> it's not bad power it's just you know not not as great as being able to control the earthly elements yeah yeah there's there's times that it's not that important but what if it was like okay the different elements it's like the fire one is like an orange honda element the earth one is like a brown honda element <laughs> Air is a blue one, and uh, air is a white one, and water is the blue one. You just have four Honda elements you can control. And by well, control, it mean drive. Yeah. Oh, four free cars. Okay, this is pretty cool. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. You, you know, put the other ones in storage, and you got cars for life, probably. I mean, we're in our 40s. How many cars do you think you're going to need? Yeah, and they'll just keep. That's how it works. That's a pretty good power. Never yeah. have to buy a new car again. Right. Take it. Sounds great. All right. Okay. <laughs> you are in love, and your feelings are getting in the way of your magical quest. What do you do? Oh. Ditch the quest. Love comes first. Ignore the feelings. They can wait. Or cut my own heart out. I have no time for love, also known as the Elliot Smith solution. Yeah. Not recommended. Not recommended. It didn't work out for him. Um, Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna let's see. <laughs> I'm gonna avoid cutting my heart out. Okay, uh, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna ditch the quest. Love comes first. Aww. Well, because I have my everything powers like Samomni, I'm gonna cut oh, my right. own heart out because then I'll be like, my power is I don't need a heart, and I can just keep on loving and questing as much as I want to. That's you know what? That's a <laughs> good point. Wow. Yeah. And I'll just I, watch you drive off in one of your Honda Elements and be like, so long, hasta la vista. I'll just, I'll just be like, I'm a lover, not a quester. And off I go. Yeah. Off he goes. Master of the Elements. <laughs> all, I, I want to be able to drive all four at once. That's the thing. That's what I got to like Ooh. work out. <laughs> I like the idea of you being like maybe maybe on one Honda Element and you have the other ones hooked up to like bridles and you're like flipping yeah. the three of yeah. them, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're also santa i don't know yeah why not it's great what the hell um your best friend died in a battle against the opposite magicians <laughs> what does that Who mean the they? opposite ones <laughs> what what do you do I like to think that they walk on their hands and they're holding their wands in their toes. <laughs> they're opposite magicians. Whoa. I'm going to put a rabbit into a hat. What? What is that? Yeah. Okay. Surprise. The man just walks around swallowing bouquets of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Ooh. Uh, um, so what do you do here? Cry, frowny face. Oh. Give him a... A, <laughs> burial. A, a burial and the resume battle. <laughs> Wait, hang on. The resume what? battle? The Give resume him a battle? burial and the resume battle. To clarify, it's a double R burial. Yeah. I think that that is being buried in burria tacos, right? Oh, okay. That sounds great. You dip um, them in the fat and bury them. I and don't then, like yeah, the resume R-E battle part, though. Resume, yeah. Like, what is that about? It's like a rap battle, but way lame. <laughs> I've had way more prestigious jobs than you. <laughs> Opposite wizards. Uh, number three. Jesus. I have no friends. Well, that's a sad answer. Uh, okay. That's, I mean, that's not even an answer to the question, though. The question is, imagine your best friend died, and your answer is, I don't have friends. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, Batman. Uh, and number four, raise him from the dead and use him as a wee upon. Oh, dude. So, you piss oh, on yeah. Him? Wee-o- that is wee upon. <laughs> what? W E O P O N. Uh, so a wee upon is when you use a weapon as a tampon. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And so, okay. So in this case, <laughs> if you're using it with, he is the wee upon. So you've raised him and now he's a weapon and then you stick him in your cooter. And a tampon. Yes, that's correct. 
Yes. Okay. All right. That's how that works. Wow. wow. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to use my everything powers and raise him from the dead and use him as a Wii pawn, I think. I mean, it worked out pretty well in, in the movie we're talking about because, like, old Fats got weaponed, didn't he? That's true. You know what? This actually somehow connects to this. Although, um, I'm just thinking, like, what would your friend say? Like, your friend is dying. You resurrect him. He's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Then and you're your like, friend, don't thank me yet. <laughs> yeah. He grabs you by the feet and swings you like a bat at the opposite magicians that are they're gonna topple because they're standing on their hands (laughs) really easy sheets you (laughs) get in here (laughs) god God damn that is evil yeah that might that might be the answer if i have no friends i'm gonna give him a a burial and the resume battle that sounds Mm. to me like (laughs) i just want to find out what it's like Oh man, the burial and the resume battle. That's an unreleased Harry Potter book, right? <laughs> Harry Potter yes, and the burial and resume battle. That's definitely from like post school, right? Like he's getting his resume out there. And of course, in Wizarding World, they have you all come in and have your resumes fight. <laughs> yeah, of course. Jesus Christ. Okay, Steve, your master orders you to get them a drink. What do you do? Okay. Let's see. Get get them it but grown about it. Good okay. sentence structure. Get them it but grown about it. Okay. Yeah. You're groaning about them. the drink. I guess, yeah. You're like, Mountain okay. Dew. Okay. God, you're a master. Mountain okay. Dew. <laughs> uh, get it for them while secretly planning their demise. That's D-I-M-I-S-E. Demis. Demis. <laughs> yeah, who's Demise? It sounds like a girl you'd ask to like the high school prom, right? I was Demise to prom. She said she was washing her hair. Oh, oh no! I, I think I know what this is. It's it's Italian. It's Demise. It's the Demise. classic Italian tradition on the tenth birthday to throw a large party. Demise. Delicious. Have lots of noodles. Mm-hmm. That's right. So <laughs> you're planning their 10th birth. So you get the drink for your master and secretly plan their 10th birthday party. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Cunning. Um, I have no master. Kill them then and there. Okay. Or get it. I'm glad I can help. All right. All right. So, I mean, I guess I have to plan their demise. I got a lot of ideas. I, you know, you, I assume you, uh, fill like a bag of breadsticks into like a, I don't know, large tomato type of thing and have Mm -hmm. them swing at it. And then like, Mm -hmm. you know, we got Italian listeners. Tell us about your demise. I I don't have to assume. Mm-hmm. How many small oily fish did you eat at your demi say? <laughs> it's always a contest. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who can eat the most sardines? Take them yep. down. All right. So you're getting it for it. Secretly planning a surprise demi say. You know what? I'm gonna go with get it. I'm glad I can help. In fact, while I'm there, I'll make you a tasty cocktail. That's what I'll do. Sounds delicious. Magic. I'll magic mm-hmm. that shit up. There you go. Your one love is dying. And is asking you to kill them to end the pain. Oh, shit. What do you do? Give them their dying wish. Stay by their side until their dying day, but do not kill them. Nothing. (laughs) I have a magical fight for power to win. 
What? A magical fight for power? That's an anime tagline for sure. Like That is like <laughs> Sailor Moon, a magical fight for power to win. Exactly. Let's fighting love. <laughs> they must be around for my victory. Okay. For the last time, I have no love. Oh, okay. man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Okay, so I'm going to go with nothing. I have a magical fight for power to win, you know, using my everything powers, <laughs> which I think are just actually everything bagel powers. It means I can like cover anything at will with uh, dried onion, garlic, sesame, oh, okay. pepper, anything. I'll just, ah, I'll everything you. That sounds great, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give them their dying wish, just for fun. Snuff them. I'm gonna Snuff kill them. them. I'm gonna kill the one I love just for fun. Again, this is a, a magician quiz. <laughs> yeah, what is I, it? I guess. What type of are we? Is this like some type of magician we don't know about that does not perform illusions but performs like actual magic? I guess maybe. Okay. okay. There's not been a thing in here about a card or a dove or nothing. No, not once. No, no ladies have been sawn in half at all. We None. got two more questions. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll come up. Maybe it'll get there, man. <laughs> all right. You have an enemy cornered. Do you kill them instantly? Let them go on the count they surrender or okay. play mind games with them before killing them slowly and painfully? Okay. Here we are. Um, hmm. It's okay. I, uh, hmm. Let them go on the count they surrender. Okay. I'm going to go with that. Let them yeah? go on the count they surrender. Let him go. Yeah. Let him go. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You know, because I, as a magician, I've caught my enemy and I'm like, oh, this isn't any fun. Like, yeah. ugh, I'm like Batman. I can't kill him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. See, I'm different. I'm going to kill them instantly because <laughs> oh, the way okay. I'm thinking about it, it's it specified you have an enemy cornered mm-hmm. and the only people that are really my enemies are people that probably need to be smoked at anyway okay you know? okay no you got me you got me i'm convinced oh, you were you were mean to a dog instant death okay you know? well now i'm changing to play mind games with them before killing them slowly and painfully yeah because it's your enemy right yeah okay yeah. yeah well i didn't think of it that way okay yeah well, yeah well now 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 death must come <laughs> finally do you crave power? Ooh. Maybe a little. Who doesn't? No. Yes. 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 There's a I, lot of S's. This is a, a snake of, for sure. Yeah, a snake is answering this question. Yeah. Uh, or no, of course I don. Maybe a bit. <laughs> this is like giving me like, like Final Fantasy VII text vibes for okay. sure. Right? Well, that makes it a little bit cooler, honestly. Of course I don. <laughs> Of course I don't. Holy shit, man. <laughs> um, no, of course I don't. Maybe a bit. You know, I'm just going to say, yeah, sure. I'll give me that snake yes. Uh, sure, I'll take some pear. Yeah, okay. So you're a snake. You ain't using it. I'm saying no. No that, pear. Because I'm good boy. Let's find so you're out. you're opposite Tim Allen. You're uh-huh. not. Oh, oh, oh. Um, no, Less no, power. No, <laughs> no power. Let's submit All these right. answers. Submit these answers here, dude. Oh, man. This Ooh. is an answer I don't understand, which is okay. <laughs> to be expected with the quality sure. of this quiz from 14 years ago. People are listening right now and going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so are we. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the fun part. You're with us. Yeah. <laughs> so I, my result is 
light magician. Seventy-seven oh, percent. They are kind and caring. They love to help and use their magic only when they have to. They only have one enemy: the dark magicians. Damn. They are constantly Uh-oh. at war with them. <laughs> Is that their opposite magician? I guess so. I guess the opposite magician of a light magician is a dark magician. So I guess the dark magician saws a lady in half and and then is like, I'm not putting her back together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. You better get your fucking flock of Honda Elements and fucking Hightail because you're dealing with a dark magician right here. 91%, Uh Steve. Oh, no. Oh, they are deceiving and hateful and only care about themselves. They are (laughs) never satisfied and constantly crave power. They will do anything to have victory. (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm a bad dude. I'm a bad boy. Wow. It's crazy that the podcast works, you know, since we're we're I mean, considering natural enemies. enemies. Yeah. 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 Well, wow, man. Whatever. I mean, they're not going to lie to us over on GoToQuiz.com. GoToQuiz.com. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I do sound like the kind of guy that would resurrect a friend, beat somebody else to death <laughs> with him, and then shove him in my vagina. I do sound like that kind of guy, don't I? You really do now that I think about it. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I never it thought is. of myself that way, but now that I consider it, mm. This shoe fits. This, I mean, this is the value of taking the quiz is it opens up new avenues for yourself. Yeah. self You learn like, oh, I'm a carry or, oh, you know, I'm a dark magician or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, my Fast and the Furious family member would be uh, Dom. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. There you go. You learn a lot about yourself. That's why we do these. <laughs> Obviously. Absolutely. And so should you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now we're encouraging you all to go take quizzes. Yeah, learn about yourself, you yeah. know? It's twenty twenty four already. Learn about yourself. Yeah, it's about time. How about we learn about Magic, the movie what we watched this week? It's from nineteen and seventy <laughs> It is from nineteen and seventy, which is eight. That her nineteen and seventy eight, man. Yep. I was negative six years old but i was still floating around as a potential egg in my mama at that point how disturbing yeah you would have been like what is that the uh uh, that little follicle thingy i don't fucking know yeah wow i don't know her nothing wow (laughs) (laughs) that got real for just a second that's kind of statement yeah it's right it's true anyway Uh, (laughs) magic 1978 yeah this is um Boy, I mean, you know, we uh, we watched this uh, like middle of uh, last year, and it was the first time mm-hmm. I'd ever seen it. And I I am just left after like sitting and researching and watching it, wondering like, why don't people talk about this more? Dude, what the fuck, man! I had never heard of this movie, which is so weird considering it's got Anthony Hopkins kicking all kinds of ass in it. I had yeah. never heard of it until. I was talking with my bass player in my hair metal tribute band, mm-hmm. Skankbanger. I was talking to old Blackie Rose about it, and he was telling me that this was one of his favorite movies that nobody ever talks about, uh, and that it was one that he saw when he was a kid, and it scared the absolute shit out of him. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing it scrolling through Shudder or something a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, shit, magic is on here. I need to watch this. We need to do it on the show, because Blackie has talked about it, and he's got good taste. I'm glad that we did, because I'm yeah. with you. Why the fuck are people not talking about this? This is... <laughs> 
rad. It is. It's directed Scurry. by uh, uh, Richard Attenborough. Welcome to Jurassic Park. That's right. Yeah. That is, yeah. Damn, Written dude. by William Goldman, writer of so many amazing thrillers. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the, the best screenwriters of all time. Absolutely. Based on his own novel um, and starring Anthony Hopkins and Margaret Burgess Meredith. Like, the whole cast, Hella cast. is solid. Uh, I think Anthony Hopkins and Burgess Meredith are both giving amazing performances. I think Anne Margaret's mm-hmm. doing great. Uh, uh, Ed uh, Ed Lauder, who plays her husband, gosh, he's he's definitely he's awesome. Really, really good in this. Yeah, everybody Man, dude, is you got killing fucking it. Jerry, Jerry Goldsmith batting a thousand with a great ass soundtrack to go yeah, along. Yeah, like movie. what is going? And what the the the, uh, the dummy itself is amazing meant to look like anthony hopkins and clearly does it's Um, unnerving yeah yeah (laughs) unnervingly so yeah like everything about this is so well done so well paced the ending is so dark (laughs) just so bleak oh man and i'll tell you if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the movie yet uh, don't let us like spoil it for yeah. you and ruin the movie for you. Definitely go and watch it, and definitely go and watch it on Peacock, which yeah, we didn't. not Shutter. Don't watch it on Shutter. I that's the first time we've probably yeah. ever said that on this show. Yeah. don't watch it on Shutter. But and here's, here's why. why. Here's why. Uh, the version on Shutter is a made-for-TV edit. It is in four-three aspect ratio, and it's clearly a video transfer. Super and grainy, super gritty. Yeah. Like, it looks like a '70s television show, right. not a movie. And it's got all the like fade to black commercial breaks in it. Uh-huh. That you know, it's one of those things that your brain processes and goes, "Oh, it's where a commercial break is." But if uh-huh. you're watching this as a movie, which it is a movie and yeah. not a TV series or TV movie, yeah, it it does disrupt the flow a little. It bit. does. It does. And also, yeah, the four three aspect ratio cuts out a lot it uh you know just gives it a look that i mean it would make you think oh i get why people don't really talk about this even though it's got all those other elements it looks bad but yeah, that was like one of the only complaints about the movie yeah. that i had honestly is that right. it looks very much like a made for tv movie from 1978 but yeah. that's just the edition that they had on yeah yeah uh and that that is an issue that shutter has unfortunately and you know honestly we found on tubi as well recently with um some horror westerns that we've been watching that if you can if you find it on tubi and you think that's the best version you can get just keep looking because sometimes it is like the absolute lowest quality um so yeah Yeah, another reason to champion physical media exactly buy the fucking thing that way you have it and you know you have the right copy of it man yeah kate found a thing the other day where some company is making these like, it's like these little plastic sleeves, almost like comic book bag sleeves uh-huh. that you can slip your DVDs or Blu-rays into, as well as with the uh, like cover art from the actual packaging. Uh-huh. And then in like a little shoebox size container, you can have fucking two hundred movies, yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like we still have all of our movies in storage. Yeah. Uh, well, not all of them, but most of our DVDs and stuff in storage just because we have so fucking many and we don't have a ginormous bookshelf to put them on. That just eats up so much space. So yeah. we're going to try that out. We're going to try to minimize our packaging. That Bring, way we can actually have all yeah. our physical movies again. Bring back CD wallets. 
yeah, I mean, dude, like, yeah, because like I understand if people say like, well, where are you going to store all your physical media? And what they're really asking is where are you going to display all your physical media? Because right, it's yeah. easy to find storage that doesn't take up all that space. You Very, want to display yeah. them. Yeah, you need a lot of space. But the thing is, I don't really want to display mine. Because exactly. a bunch of like mismatched DVD spines right. on a bookcase. Yeah. Not it exactly doesn't a actually look, look great. Yeah. No. <laughs> so yeah, I, this is... This is one definitely. If uh, you know, if you can watch it on Peacock, I think you can watch stuff on Peacock without paying. You just watch with ads, and honestly, yeah, I think so. it, the the quality is that much better. That I I so wish I yeah. would have watched that stream of it, man. Like I want to watch this again and see if there's any any scenes that got cut or anything because there's a few moments yeah. in the one that we watched where yeah. I was like, I feel like a scene was missing right here. Yeah, it it, it, it I like skipped through to the parts where there were fades to black and i think those are just commercial breaks but i am not positive if there was anything cut because again i I didn't i watched it on shutter and then just was like this can't be right and then saw that it was on peacock in the much better version so i don't know for sure uh Hmm. hopefully not but as i said it's a edit for tv so maybe so Maybe, um, yeah. But, but even like, even with that in mind, even if we did watch an edited TV version, it was still fucking amazing. Yeah, it's still <laughs> great. That's the thing is like, even if you do only get to watch it on Shutter, just know there's a better quality version out there. But the movie you're seeing is great still. <laughs> hmm, dude. And it's really all carried by those performances. Uh, this is one of those movies that totally could have landed on our preview palace that we did for Pontypool, where we were yep. talking about <laughs> movies that are ultra tense very scary but like yeah. not really that much is happening actually right. yeah this yeah. totally could have landed on that and with uh with inferior performances <laughs> this In wouldn't have been superior? Near that's a that's a wism right there i can't even claim that one as a benism that's a that's w crazy. right there for you bringing uh, it back i'm yeah. taking it back uh but without the performances that you have in this this movie would not stand up as well as right. it does man but yeah. you got fucking Anthony Hopkins in here looking like a paranoid schizophrenic Rivers Cuomo who got some contact lenses. Dude, yeah. his little haircut that he's mm-hmm. got in this and his little sweaters and shit. I yeah. was like, this is Rivers Cuomo from Weezer for sure. fucking sure. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's doing a great job because like, I mean, the, the movie is really about uh, a, a, a man and his his id. Uh, the The this man is just so pent up and so incapable of expressing his emotions and feelings and things. But when he discovers this ventriloquist dummy, he's able to use it to say what he wants to say. But he also, as he does that more and more, loses control of it and yeah, dude. loses the dividing line between the two. And he becomes more and more the puppet as it yeah, goes on. Yeah, and that's the thing is that he's so stiff throughout uh, because he's he's the puppet. He's the one who's really being wooden. Yeah, wooden, and and, and who's obviously like not not being him his real self. He's hiding this, and that comes out in fats. He's hiding all of his like sexual desires and things like this this is very freudian i mean so many late 70s through early 80s horror movies are very freudian but yeah really dealing with his like repression of his sexual desire and and things like that lack of confidence in himself his own fears of rejection and failure like he can't handle these things corky can't handle these things on his own 
but fats can. Yes. So he really starts living through fats in a lot of ways. Yeah, and uh, you know, just like with every Freudian thing, you you do get like you know some b- bad representations of dissociative identity disorder or whatever. But sure. Uh, it's a movie. But also, too, movie. this movie <laughs> never pins it down on what is going on. Right. Like, it, it never does say that. Yeah. Yeah. It Which never, is better. There's not like a, a newspaper headline at the end or like the explanation at the end of the original Psycho where it's like, well, you see what Corky had right. was yeah. DID or a multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Like that, it never says exactly what's happening. Yeah. And that is its saving grace in that aspect, I think, is just not saying anything, just being like, yeah, you know. What it's if? Fucked up, huh? Yeah, it's crazy, it's right? Fucked up. Um, yeah, and I, I think that like what really, what really does it is, I mean, aside as you said, the performances. Um, William Goldman's script is obviously super tight and super tense, like insanely so. Mm-hmm. The the tension in some scenes is Dude. just off the charts the through the, the roof yeah the kitchen table scene that first morning that he that duke is there the scene out in the boat like oh boy oh my god man one of the scenes that really just had me you know gripping the edge of the sofa is that scene where his agent uh burgess meredith shows uh-huh. up and he's really worried about the state of corky's mental health right. and how attached he is to fats and he's like Make him not talk for five minutes. Don't oh. talk through fats for five minutes. And dude, like Anthony Hopkins is like, I can do that. That's fine. That's fine. I totally got this. And he's like squirming. He's getting really <laughs> uncomfortable. Like yeah. it's so natural the way that he's doing it. And then Burgess is playing it so chill and so uh-huh. relaxed and so yeah. in control of the situation and knowing he's going to fail. Yeah. He's just waiting on it. Yeah. That scene is bananas tense and nothing is happening. There's no yeah. threat to anything. It's not no. like he's like, <laughs> you know, if you talk, I'll shoot this gun I have pointed at you. Nothing right. is happening, actually. The, like, the, the, it's the, silent. The real, like like i guess consequence is i'll get you some help like it's yeah. like the tension is there because corky can't do it and he doesn't want to admit there's something wrong with him that's like why he's gone up state to to hang out here in his his hometown because yeah. he's trying to escape this physical examination that nbc wants to give him before giving him a a, a pilot a test pilot uh yeah. you know, special thing which was pretty common in this era if you had a good tight five minute set they they gamble on giving you a tv show so yeah yeah um burgess meredith in this is so good and it just made me think like i don't think i've ever understood just how good burgess meredith is like same he's same he's been like he had been around since the 30s like he's in the first adaptation of mice and men which is great but he he's had so many roles i just didn't realize to put these all together like yeah he was the penguin in the 1966 batman who was one of the most beloved characters and his his like representation of the penguin is this like very silly like you know uh 1920s looking billionaire type of guy like uh he also had great performances in twilight zone he was in four different episodes and like every time i see his name and i'm like oh great burgess meredith is in this but like my brain just never connected like he's in four episodes of twilight he leads four episodes of twilight zone that's amazing 
And then he's of course, Rocky's trainer. Rocky, man. yes, in Rocky, he's just like, and that's two years before this. Like he, that character and this character couldn't be more different. Yeah, that's what impressed me is like the most recent thing that I had seen him in was the original Rocky, which we watched maybe six months or so ago. And yeah, he's you know super rough and tumble, super hoarse and gritty and gruff. And then in this, he's not that at all. He's this like kind of posh businessman. Yeah. You know, really in control, intelligent guy. Yeah. The range is insane, and he destroys this, man. It's so good that, like, people ought to be named Burgess again. Let's do it. Yeah, just because of this performance. Yeah. I I mean, the fact fact that he's only in half of the movie, and he's not, you know, he's only in like a few scenes, really, but they're, they're scene stealing each time and he he based his character off of a famous hollywood agent uh, irving lazar also known as swifty because he put together three major deals for humphrey bogart in one day whoa i've heard that name before yeah yeah swifty lazar so he yeah he's uh famous and he was famous for uh speaking softly to make people lean in so that's why Burgess Meredith is never like he never leans forward he never raises his voice except when uh Corky grabs his arm like he he's always in control he's very much like if you just go look at pictures of Irving Lazar like he nailed the look he nailed the feel like he he was going for a particular type of character and it, it really it feels good like when he's on screen he's got all these like charming little witticisms and things he's very like he's very like charismatic and magnetic yeah yeah and i feel like he's really there genuinely to help corky like there's not really a lot that's said about their past exactly but i get the impression that he really isn't just looking at corky as a cash cow or his chance at a break where you can make a ton of money off of him like i think think he does want to help i think it's both i think it's it's it's, it shows that he is very shrewd as uh, an agent. He sees a long-term investment in Corky. That means that he will do everything he can to make sure that Corky is okay. And he does seem to find him, as you said, like he he seems to like Corky. Like he, it's mm-hmm. like that's what drew him to Corky. He likes this, you know, uh, kind of weird, uh, quiet, but clearly like funny guy and talented and talented yeah so there's there's that there and then also that like yeah he he he's been in the business so long he because he says that at a certain point i've been i've been here since uh tallulah bankhead and the death of vaudeville yeah like he's been there so long that to him getting this kid help for a year or however long that's just a long-term investment like when he gets out he'll be better you know man uh, that scene that we're talking about the scene where they're sitting there in silence has some of my favorite stuff yeah in the movie uh both dialogue wise and some of the some of the camera angles and stuff going on where you have that shot where it's quirky and fat sitting on the couch and the uh-huh. camera kind of pans to the side so that the profiles are in line uh-huh. and then fats's profile kind of takes over yes Corky's yeah. that's so cool and subtle and there's no like you know dramatic soundtrack sting it's not really drawing attention to itself it's just a really simple effective way of showing those two personalities of those characters kind of merging as one and kind of being at war with each other and then that line whenever you know uh burgess is about to leave 
And Corky grabs him by the arm and he's like, get your hands off me and shit. Corky's like, you took away my only shot mm-hmm. or, or whatever he says. And Burgess is like, I am your only shot. Like, ah, God, that's yeah, good, man. That's I'm your one life. chance. That's what yeah. he says. I am your one chance. Yeah. And this, this good, is directed, man. as you said, by, uh, or as you said, by Richard Attenborough. So like he's he's got experience this is uh you know i think his fourth movie directed and his third working with anthony hopkins and uh he had just done a bridge too far which which had done well and a few years after this did gandhi so you're talking about a major director directing this pretty no wonder it's good like subdued horror psychological thriller type of thing no wonder yeah no wonder it's good and yeah if you do see the the better quality version it looks gorgeous shot gorgeously just uh the colors pop especially in that like nightclub scene just so nice and colorful really enjoy um really enjoyed this movie and in the way it looked but i i also feel like there's something like here that like i sometimes people say this isn't a horror movie they say it's a thriller and and of course like William Goldman. Sometimes there's a fine line. Sometimes there's a very fine line. And William Goldman was known for his thrillers. Um, the thing that I think people are maybe overlooking is Anne Margaret. Anne hmm. Margaret's character is a victim throughout this entire thing. This is yeah, a horror movie for her where yeah. <laughs> a man comes back into her life and promises her a better future and then takes everything from her goes to a murderin yeah it yeah. is a very bad story for old yeah. peg in this isn't it yeah yeah so Oof. yeah there's no denying this is clearly a horror movie and especially i feel like when the when fats stabs uh duke that's horror movie stuff you don't see yeah right i mean uh, you know uh, a puppet or uh, you know a, a, a doll come to life type of movie is certainly always a horror movie, and this is not that. But still, a doll stabbing a man is just horror territory. Dude, whenever uh, Corky is swimming out into the lake with... Uh, Bridges Meredith is Ben, right? That's uh-huh. his character's name. Ben. Uh-huh. Whenever he's swimming out into the lake with his with his body, and you just see Fats watching from that window in the yeah. cabin, uh-huh. that shit is terrifying, man. It is. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. Like, they very, very effective, very scary in every way that, you know, Annabelle isn't, for example. <laughs> sure. They played with the supernatural element for they a did. while. Like yeah. really making it seem like, oh, well maybe maybe the doll is alive. So maybe this ventriloquist it, it's something. Subtle. Yeah. It's like really subtle how they do it too, because there's scenes where you think you see the eyes move. And then there's scenes uh-huh. where you definitely see the eyes move yeah. on their own. There was one in the movie that was apparently a mistake. Like the doll's uh-huh. eyes in real life just kind of shifted and <laughs> they left it in the movie. And they're like, oh, that actually is really cool. Well, if it happened in real life, then it could happen. It's yeah. real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it turns real. out they actually had a real possessed ventriloquist <laughs> dummy on the set. That's how they filmed this. It's actually a snuff film. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joke's on you. Anthony Hopkins Uh, has been dead since 1978. Wow. One thing that I thought was really cool about this in the way that they kind of toyed with both the is it supernatural or not aspect, but also Corky's, you know, spiraling into psychosis throughout the movie is whenever you see him and Fats initially, um, 
Anthony Hopkins is doing the ventriloquism. Like he's he's learned how to throw his voice uh, and he's yeah. learned how to you know, not move his mouth while he's speaking for fats. Uh-huh. You can still sort of see his his Adam's apple move yeah. up and down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can see his palate moving slightly yeah. uh, in some of those early shots. But then, as the movie goes on, especially towards the end, the voice of fats is completely disembodied. And Anthony uh-huh. Hopkins is not moving his mouth at all. Like right. they did it with, with ADR. They just, you know, dubbed that in later on. So mm-hmm. that his face was completely still and the voice is just coming out of nowhere. I love that subtle little feature that they did to show how much more powerful Fats was becoming as the movie went yeah. along. And subtle. it also like it also makes you wonder is that what he's been hearing the whole time? Like Ooh, yeah. Has that been in his head the whole time <laughs> and now it's just coming out and now we're we're seeing it. Yeah, I I think I think, yeah, like, as we learn more about uh, his psychosis and his dissociation, like, you start to see, like, I think the movie is inferring, like, the reason why he's always been this way, or the movie is implying the reason why he's, he's always been this way, that is that he, he's always had this voice in his head. Yeah, he's always yeah. been, like, interacting with this voice in his head. And that's how he has he has some charm and he has some jokes and whatnot, but he, he just was so shy. We learned in high school, he never talked to anybody like, but he's always been talking. It's always been right. going on up in his head to himself. Right? Yeah. I love how you never really find out that much about his past. Like you have those little flashback moments of, yeah, him having the crush on Peg, but not doing anything about it while he's carving that wooden heart. Uh-huh. You have the flashback of his family's funeral. What the fuck is going on at that? How did they die? What's yeah. happening? No idea. It's well, never really explained. We do know there's obvious a dis- obviously a disconnect there because the taxi driver says, you got people in there? And he says, people? No, just family. Yeah. So, what? yeah, I don't think, yeah, I think, like, there's something happened. Like, there's, there's a trauma there. And it's kind of missing, maybe, in his memory. Like, he's not positive of what it is. But there's a trauma there, and there's there's a dissociation. But also, too, how much can we trust his memory? I mean, I, right, I get the exactly, impression yeah. that even as the movie goes on, and we see stuff like, yeah, when when Fats, the dummy, comes to life and stabs Duke, that didn't happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It, he it, steps it, out from a curtain, like, behind yeah, where the Yeah, he was behind was. the curtain. It was his hand, yes. But, yeah, yeah that's how he sees it. That's how yeah. it is in his mind, is that Fats did it. He didn't do it. Right, and that's all the movie is showing us is his perspective. So you kind of have that unreliable narrator thing going on in this, which I think is always fun to play around with in a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Man, one thing that I I was really impressed by with his performance, actually a couple things I was really impressed by with uh, Hopkins' performance, I'm just not used to seeing him play that kind of shy, insecure character. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think of him, I'm thinking of his, his usual roles, which are, intellectual, well-put-together, well-spoken, right. confident Hannibal Lecter types, you know? Yeah, or just totally uh-huh. zany uh, Van Helsing <laughs> roles sure. like in Dracula. Uh-huh. But in this, seeing him go to a place where he's this super vulnerable, super shy, uh, you know, mentally unwell person, that's a different kind of role than what I'm used to seeing him play, and he he nails it. It's absolutely yeah. an awesome performance. Yeah, and he... he you know is in a part like a this is a time in his career where he is not yet uh anthony hopkins like he's tony hopkins at this point 
That's true. Hey, Tony, yeah. you want to be in this hey. movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love his accent in this, too. His accent is really subtle because early in the movie, I think it might be Ben mentions that his parents came over here and, like, his dad was British or something. Yeah. He says his dad uh-huh. was a limey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that, yeah, there's a little bit of explanation as to why he speaks the way he speaks, but he does speak mostly American. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. there's like 15% UK yeah. in his accent. Yeah. It's not all there. It sounds like somebody who was raised in America by one parent who was from Britain. Yeah, It's sure. really subtle the way that he toned his accent down for this, but it's still kind of there. Like, that has mm-hmm. to be harder than just completely deleting your accent. Just Absolutely. doing a little bit of it. Of course, that line just may be to explain his accent. They were like, oh, you can't know, really right? do American. Let's throw a line in that explains. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows, man? At first, I thought that Peg's performance was overly exuberant. I mean, she gets so excited about the smallest things, almost oh, like she a loves kid fats. or a teenager, yeah, uh-huh. and just is you know overjoyed about these little bits of magic that uh, Corky is doing. But then, when you frame it in the way that you did a second ago, where you talk about how sad and shitty her life is, and after yeah. you meet Duke, and you realize yeah. like. She's just overjoyed to have someone pay attention to her. Is yeah, what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, it's very, very sad that like he manipulates her. You know, he uses that magic trick to make her think that they have this real connection and stuff. That's an and intense he, ass scene yeah, too. It is. It is. And he's an asshole to her. And yeah, that she's playing it so well because what Anne Margaret is is doing is she's playing a woman who's been abused and who's been in situations like this and seen men fly off the handle. Yeah, and she's worried. And mm-hmm. then when he guesses the right card, she's so overjoyed that and relieved that nothing happened. That I feel like she, it's like that he's using that. He knows like how to manipulate her to get what he wants. Mm. And she thinks that it's making her happier, but it's, it's, it's just that it's not making her sad. And that's, yeah. that's sad. Which is not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen way too many people like that in life where yeah. they're just used to such a, shitty circumstance that it's like well i didn't get hit today it's a good right. day yeah it's so like, well, yeah like it's better yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're used to then a mid dude uh doing a card trick and just might be a big deal right might be a big deal yeah i, I love to like one really subtle thing that uh they do with the dialogue in that after he is like all super stressed out about getting that trick right and it's like this life or death situation for him right. to get this trick right and impress the girl yeah, uh, his f- inherent fear of failure that he has that drives him through this whole movie mm-hmm. is so strong that after he does the trick and he's even amazed by himself, he doesn't say "I did it." He says, "I didn't fail." Now, Ben, like, I'm gonna, his default is "I expect to fail." I'm going to teach you about misdirection. You've been Ooh, fooled. Magic, magicking. You, he 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 knows how to do the trick. He's making her. Yeah, feel dude. like yeah. he might hit her Ugh. he's Ugh. manipulating her he's a piece Awful. of shit he's not afraid of success he uses that as an excuse yeah he's yeah, using you can, you that totally to manipulate that, yeah. her he does he's not afraid of success he doesn't want to have a physical because he knows what they'll find about him 
And I wonder too if it, if it's like a fear that they will confirm what he already knows. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. That's it. So therefore, yeah. I mean, honestly, like that's part of that's part of my own doctor phobia. <laughs> yeah. Kayla asks me all the time, like, why are you so nervous at the doctor? I'm like, what if they find something? <laughs> it's like, well, then you already have it. And I'm like, yeah, but right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. That, that like he's he is stressing so much about that. He it's misdirection. He is leading her to be more and more and more tense so that when he finally performs the trick correctly, she feels that, like, uh, you know, release of tension. And then he draws her in with his own Sympathize with me. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Now that you point that out, too, that that also makes sense with, like, one of the very first scenes, I think the very first scene in the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Where we're introduced to the character of Corky, and right away he's lying. Yeah, he's a fucking liar. Right away, he's, a he's liar. talking to his, uh-huh. his mentor Merlin. He just gets back from some show that he did, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I did the trick, and I knocked him dead." But it's showing us the reality of no, he didn't. Everybody no, was bored, he not watching, talking. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing we see of his character is that he is a fucking liar. Yeah. And then we keep Oof. seeing that, like when uh, when uh, Ben Green shows up at his cabin and he's talking to Fats before he notices that Ben Green's there. Oh, he I'm just rehearsing. Inst- instantly turns it to a lie, and he he does that throughout. He's very good at lying. He convinces Duke so much that Duke starts talking to him like about how he's afraid he's gonna lose the woman who's cheating on him with the man he's talking to. Yeah. Yeah, like he Oof. he does this unassuming bit that is misdirection, and it, it is all about being able to manipulate, and that is that is what you know magic is, stage magic, you know, and, and street magic is all about manipulating the audience into not seeing what you're doing. Yeah, damn man. I mean, and it's it's all riddled through the whole movie. Like it tells yeah. us that in the movie, it tells it us so much stuff. People just want to be entertained. It's all about misdirection, you know. Yeah. That's what magic really is. Yeah, uh, real magic can't happen on a camera. It has to be in person, and in person, he deceives these people. Yeah, and he he uh, he tells her this story about how he whittled her a heart, but he threw it away, and he was like, because yeah. he was going to give it to her in high school. Um, and then later he gives her a whittled heart and says he he's done it recently, but we didn't see that. Mm-hmm. So did he's lying about throwing it away? I feel like, but Could then be. is he lying about that as well? Did he whittle it? Gave it to her, but he never actually whittled the one for her in high school. He's just manipulating her. Yeah. Like we don't know. Like the whole time we don't know. If anything he's saying is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you were even pointing out the fact that maybe he and Duke had known each other yeah, previous to this, too. Yeah, because Duke seems worried about him instantly. And then he's suspicious in, of him some. He's suspicious. Sure. And then he's also charmed by him. And he turns to speaking to Corky about being afraid he's gonna lose his wife when Corky kind of convinces him it didn't happen. Like nothing yeah. happened. That conversation was really twisty turny where yeah. initially Duke calls his bluff and he's like, yeah, Peg told me you guys slept together two nights ago. And then Corky is like, oh, yeah, I, you didn't believe her or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I know. 
She yeah. said she wanted to. Mm-hmm. I'm worried I'm losing her. Like, it yeah. kind of comes right around right away. It's like yeah. not where I expected that to go. Which, yeah, it kind of implies they've had this past relationship that was cordial, at least, you know. Is that uh, in the book, maybe? I don't know. Maybe so. I mean, because uh, the, the Wikipedia... Uh, plot summary says that they were friends in high school, but I didn't see that in the movie expressed at any point. Which I may, didn't either. Maybe indicates it was in the book. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting, man. And then, dude, that scene where they're in the fucking boat, and Ugh. he thinks that he's hooked Ben's dead body that he put in the lake. Yeah, and he's gonna hit him line. with the paddle. Oh. Jesus Christ, man. Then he like has to guzzle that scotch just to like calm down afterwards. Right. That was so fucking tense, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I yeah, the I sit, sitting and watching this, I don't think that I got through it without having to pause and walk away from it each it time. It passed the phone test for me. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't check oh, my phone once. Yeah, I wasn't checking my phone, but it was just like this is too tense. Like I just got to step away cuz that yeah, that scene and the kitchen table scene, just like every scene with Duke is so tense. And then, yeah, as you said, the the cabin scene with Ben Green and whatnot, they're so tense. And then when at the end, when he like says he left the heart outside her door, but then he doesn't walk away. And then after he does walk away, he's just hiding around a corner. It was like, what is he going to do? Yeah, dude. You know, it's just so tense. And then he fucking stabs himself yeah. to save her from the <laughs> yeah. harm. And damn, that, that last scene between him and Fats back in the cabin, and he's like, I think we're dying. Fuck, man. That shit is dark. Like, it really hits super hard. And I love that line where it says, like, it was never me, it was always us. Yeah. Kind of implying that voice has always been in his head, too. Yeah. And there's also just the scene where Fats is puppeting him. Oh, dude. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Talk about a scene that could have been corny as fuck. Oh, for right? sure. Could have absolutely not played. But he he plays he it so well. It. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, like Fats is like, he's like, get on all fours, spin around, growl uh-huh. like a dog or whatever yeah. the commands he gives him are. And he just seems like a lunatic. It seems like you caught Anthony Hopkins in the middle of a psychotic break. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a great performance, and and I I I don't know, man. Like, I I have to put this like way higher on my list of recommendations when yeah. people ask for a, a horror movie they maybe haven't seen because this. Oh yeah, this is definitely so like just every aspect of it is done so well, and. I just, you don't get to see someone like Anthony Hopkins in something like this often. And he isn't Anthony Hopkins yet. It's like on the come up. It's it's just right at that moment when you can catch a great actor in a role that is maybe too small, honestly, for them. But it's not like they. He just elevates the role. Like he, dude. It reminds me of like when you see a, a band that is like playing in a little teeny tiny ass club in your town, and they're fucking mind blowing. And then like yeah. a month later, they're like on tour with some right. like huge band. Like <laughs> yeah, an and it's like that makes band. sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just about to break, and you still get to see him in like an intimate small setting. It's such a cool experience. That's what it's like watching him in this. Yeah, I and 
I know, like, I read that Gene Wilder wanted the, the role. Yeah. And I think about that, and I think, yeah, Gene Wilder is so good. And, yeah, I, I imagine what he would do with the role. I, I think don't it could have been cool, man. Yeah, I don't know, though, that it could have been as perfect as this. Right. But I, I mm-hmm. maybe it would, maybe he would have elevated it even more. Who knows? Who but knows, I, man? I, I just feel like Anthony Hopkins nails the the woodenness the 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 i'm the dummy he's in charge feel the insecurity but also the underhandedness the the he's he's a worm this guy like he is really manipulating everybody in his life yeah yeah you shouldn't really feel sorry for him (laughs) and you shouldn't you absolutely should not but you should kind of because he's had this since he was a kid so it's like that real tough and he is able to convey all that you look at anthony hopkins and you see him doing these terrible things but he's still got this very like likable aura to him and still like and you can see why ben green was drawn to him because there's something there even though his posture and you know his is just like sort of dead-eyed stare (laughs) can kind of like belie the fact that he's clearly got a lot going on underneath he's still when he does talk when he does speak he's quick he's funny and and you know there's a lot going on behind there so Anthony Hopkins, I think, just does it so well. And I'm oh, sure dude. Gene Wilder would have done something amazing with it, too, though. Kate was saying, like, imagine what this would have been like to have Robin Williams from this era in this oh. role, which could have been unhinged <laughs> as fuck, too. Absolutely. And Robin Williams, as we know, is great at playing dark. Uh, yeah. One-hour photo. Check that out. Oh, <laughs> my God, man. Dark role. But, yeah, I, I think... I think it would have been different. I think that we're talking about three people who could have made a great movie and you'd probably end up with three different movies in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. And they're probably all fucking awesome. Oh yeah. They'd <laughs> if, probably all be great. Yeah. Yeah. If the only version you'd ever seen was the Gene Wilder one, you'd probably be like, man, this is fucking amazing. He was Absolutely. dark as shit. I can't imagine Anthony Hopkins. Doing right. This. Yeah. Like, How would knows, you do this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's a question though. Is this an original movie? No. <laughs> not at all right this is the thing that like I, I i know like you know you can get fatigued on hollywood repeating things and giving you the same stories over and over i get that but it's nothing just new think about this so this theme of a ventriloquist who uses their dummy as essentially a mouthpiece to say all the things they don't want to say in that there's a, two, a, a, a dual persona going on uh, has existed for quite a while. Uh, 1929, The Great Gabo. 1945, we got Dead of Night. 1954, we got Knock on Wood. That's a two, lot. <laughs> yeah, two episodes of The Twilight Zone. And also uh, Devil Doll in 1964. All kind of dealing in this same area, maybe dealing with it differently or whatever. But that's the thing. Is it... Um, yeah, oftentimes it might be some laziness in Hollywood or laziness on the part of the writer. They don't want to come up with something completely unique. Or it could be, I watched that and I liked it, but I thought it should go this way. And that's fun. That can be great. Like, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, it, it, we all have valid complaints about Hollywood losing creativity, but also 
historically Hollywood has always repeated ideas and always made remakes and always just done the same thing over and over and over. And sometimes it's great. So like, eh, it's a valid complaint, but also like, it's just the way the industry has always been. So, you know, give it a chance. Even if you think the movie you see coming out is like, Oh, that idea was done in 1986 or whatever. It's like, well, now it's 2023. Maybe they got a different perspective on it. Yeah, could be, man. Could be. You know, one thing about this movie that did intrigue me, though, that I found to be very suspect and maybe unrealistic mm-hmm. is the way that Ben has such a laissez-faire attitude with those fucking glass tubes for his cigars that he just, <laughs> he just throws, throws. and lets them shatter. That's, Dude. That is just an indication of how wealthy he is, that he knows doing that means someone has to come in and clean it up. He doesn't care. Yeah. Doesn't bother him. I mean, like, you know, did this guy not grow up with glass emergencies in the household? I know oh, I did. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a glass emergency household survivor. I'm in recovery right now <laughs> from having glass emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I accidentally shatter stuff all the time. Maybe, you know, you remember. On the air of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Big old jug of Carlo Rossi to shatter in on the show. But uh, yeah, I, I I think that was really just meant to indicate just how like disconnected he is with anyone working below him. Like yeah. it's not his problem. Somebody else. I think that that Peg's usage of frozen vegetables is also one of the saddest things about her character. Frozen asparagus <laughs> tips. Do you want me yeah. to thaw these frozen asparagus tips out? No, I don't. I, I mean that was uh, that was just so. That was the norm, right? Forever. Like, canned and frozen. um, At least, I remember going to the grocery store, and the fruit and vegetables were always there. I don't remember us ever buying them. Yeah. Unless they were in a can (laughs) or frozen. Totally. And heavy syrup. Everything. Yeah. Everything in the heavy syrup. Awful, man. I don't know why it was that way back then, but (laughs) she, she... Yeah, she... She's got the frozen veggies, and that's an interesting moment, too, where I kind of, like, did a double take, because she says, you're the man, you're supposed to make decisions. Yeah, Uh, this or that, it's your job, you're the man. And later, at the end, she says, like, I could change my mind, I'm a woman. And That's the last line of the movie, so weird. And it felt like, to me, it felt like these are, she's joking, these are, she's saying these things... Like, you know, because she sees Corky as a man who's not like Duke, who wouldn't insist on making all the decisions and things like that. But Mm. I also think I might be just recontextualizing it from a future standpoint. I she she may be saying these things because she's written as a traditional type of woman, right? But right. it doesn't feel that way to me. I, I feel like Anne Margaret is so playful throughout that this these are just jabs, like little jokes she's making because Corky is so different. And she doesn't make those jokes with Duke. No, that's true. So in other words, you're saying that's almost her being like, I can joke around about the way I had to live my life and walk around on eggshells before. I can yeah. joke around about I don't have to do this stuff anymore. Yeah, because yeah, but yes, it's 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 like dark humor. It's a gallows humor of like just like I yeah, my life fucking sucked. And then you came along and you're not gonna be that way, right? 
right? <laughs> but I mean, or maybe it's just 1978. I I honestly don't. That's know. possible. That, it's very possible. Yeah, I I I do. You know, because it is it's written by William Goldman, who you know is a fella. Um, but I think William Goldman is often shown in in other screenplays to be adept at writing women characters. So I I think I think it's a joke, but I could be wrong. Who knows, man? Who knows? Uh, I do know that that soundtrack is fucking jamming, though. Dear Goldsmith rules. I've said it so many times on the yeah. show. Goldsmith is the fucking man. He's I great. love the way yep. that he has some like really suspenseful string arrangement, kind of classic horror suspense sounding stuff. And then every time Fats is doing something, there's that kind of lonely harmonica uh-huh. that comes into the soundtrack, and it just comes and goes just whenever Fats there. It's like that's his soundtrack. Yeah, uh, yeah. And everybody else in the movie has a different soundtrack for them. I love the way that he played with that stuff. Now, I've never thought about this, but Jerry Goldsmith, mm-hmm. William Goldman, did Jerry oh, Goldsmith f- like create William Goldman? But there was another man. <laughs> A man to rule them all. A gold man. <laughs> we see. One day we'll be like we'll be like in a volcano and I'll be like, cast him into the fire, Steve. And you'll be holding no. up William Goldman. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be holding William Goldman who will like be like a he'll have his legs wrapped around me like a baby sucking his thumb. <laughs> no. Yeah, well it changes to the shape of the user of Goldman, yeah. as we know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he gets around like a really hot fire and like all kinds of you know markings start showing up on him and yeah. that's how you know it's a real gold man one screenwriter to rule them all <laughs> yeah it might be like that huh oh shit you might be right man maybe and so yeah, maybe so <laughs> goldsmith was the man who forged him in the fires of mount doom if so thanks i mean good job <laughs> yeah i got some good work out of him you know for sure. Do you think they were trying to make fun of Mer- uh, Burgess Meredith's character in Rocky whenever they put that little toboggan on Fats after Fats was used to kill him? Because he totally looked like fucking yeah, uh, Mickey. Rocky. He totally looked like Mickey Mick, once they yeah, put uh, that uh, that little toboggan on him. Yeah, he did look like Mick. Uh, yeah, I you know I hadn't thought about that <laughs> until you mentioned it. But yeah, probably like a little nod. I mean, so, so Rocky was seventy six, just two years before this. Yeah, it'd be a fun little Easter egg, just like eh, you know, you know. He, he just killed Mick, so now he's, he's got the <laughs> oh my Mick god, crown. you killed Mickey. <laughs> I was really impressed with this movie, man. I, I don't really have a ton more to say about it. It's just a really, really cool, really simple premise that does go deep in examining this kind of Freudian relationship, where this guy is living out his inner dialogue, yeah, through this dummy, you know, mm-hmm. through this thing, and he ends up becoming the puppet by yeah. the end of the movie. Uh, a lot of a lot of broken people floating around in this movie, encountering each other, and it is very bleak, man. Like yeah. we totally watched some Bob's Burgers after this one for sure. <laughs> I uh, they just had a great new episode, so uh, I understand. Yeah, I. I yeah, I definitely as I said, I had to get up and walk around during some real tense moments. And yeah, you don't walk away from it feeling great because uh, this poor woman who she's just tossing her like heart up in the air. Like it's just such a, a like obvious visual metaphor for like how she has you know finally got this feeling, this light feeling in her heart, and she's so happy, and things are gonna be better, and 
she has no idea what she's about to walk in on <laughs> and it's yeah. just so dark yeah. yeah it is you know it is really dark too that the movie closes out with her it closes without her opening that door and seeing yeah. his dead body mm-hmm. and understanding what her life is going to be and also that her her former partner is also going to be found dead yeah <laughs> like, her life is about to go to shit when the movie yeah, ends. Yeah, at the very that least, fucked. I'm assuming the police are going to have a lot of questions as there are three dead men and she's the only person who survived. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, damn, yeah. man. Grim. <laughs> very. A bleak movie, a bleak movie, but I I really impressed. I was really impressed by it, man. It was yeah, so so tense and the performances were so good uh, i wish i would have watched the peacock version yeah but definitely. i was still sassified with the tv edit yeah i i uh i think you know you lose visual elements there but you don't lose any of the other elements that make the movie so great which is yeah honestly like upped its value in my estimation knowing that i watched it in a lower quality and still thought it was amazing and never i didn't even really question until you mentioned that it was in four three aspect ratio didn't even really question that i was just like sure great whatever (laughs) this is awesome whatever (laughs) so yeah definitely dug it uh an undiscovered gem always fun finding a horror movie that I hadn't seen or that most people I know hadn't seen mm-hmm. and find a one that I really liked. So hopefully you guys enjoy it too. What kind of a, a number are you going to slap on this thing? Oh God, that's hard. The I know, right? Upper nines somewhere. Yeah. Around there. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I'm it's like great. nine-ish. Yeah, yeah. Nine-ish for me too. Like sure. I'm not going to go to, you know, the 10 zone with it simply because it makes me feel bad to watch it. Yeah. So yeah, I can't not, give it the element where like I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, really wanting to rewatch this and visit yeah. that world again. It's a sad place. Yeah. Yeah, repeated watchability does is maybe an element of a ten, and I think yeah, here that that's the tough part is oh, I mean you, you can watch it over and over if you'd like to feel that way, <laughs> but you could. You I could. don't usually, but I'm not gonna. So yeah, no. yeah it's probably like nine nine and a half ish for me. Yeah, man. So damn good movie. Great. Yeah. What are we doing next week? Well, I'll tell you what. Here on the show next time. We're going to be returning to them living deads for the second mm-hmm. time. Yeah. <laughs> R-O-T-L-D, Return of the Living Dead, part two. It's so goofy. <laughs> do you want a party? I think that I fucking do. Yeah. And this movie is indeed a party. It is a blast. It is, it is about silly. as just, it's about as much fun as you can have in the 80s with your clothes on. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> true. And, and there is no nudity in it. Uh, strangely for a follow-up to return to the living dead yeah yeah yeah. we'll be talking about that one next time uh be sure to follow us on all the social media outlets you can follow us on the instagrams all that jazz find all those links using our link tree page which can Mm -hmm. also take you to our patreon page that's right patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely head on over there uh and get your your uh patreon submission in if you're a five dollar patron because we're gonna be doing that smoking boulder on here soon here uh And uh, also, we're going to have a Critters Hell Rankers coming out this um, month. So if you become a patron on any level, you get access to that. There you go. I am excited to do this Critters Hell Rankers and was excited while uh, doing some research for Return of the Living Dead to find out there are five Return of the Living Deads so we can do that on Hell Rankers as well. (laughs) Awesome. Damn, man. Well, don't delay. Sign up today over there on the Patreon page. 
And you know, I'll tell you what, dude. I'm glad that we took that wizard quiz, that magician quiz that we did yeah, earlier. Uh-huh. That was really entertaining. Yep. I wonder how it would stack up to my other idea that I had for PV Palace. You want to hear about this? Okay, let's hear it. The segment was going to be about the most fuckable dummies, and we were going to call mm. it Dummy or Cummy. Okay. that was you know? That's great. So It's pretty good. For a future horror movie with a dummy in it, like yeah. if we do Dead Silence, we'll mm, do yeah. Dummy or Cummy. Dummy or Cummy. Would okay. you fuck that dummy? <laughs> that's the whole premise. Great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to tune in later to find out about those answers. So in the meantime, I'll be Uncle Ben. I'll be Hollywood Steve. We've been dead and lovely. Okay, Ben. So we've been watching all these like uh, Western horror movies over there on the Legacy of Brutality. That's right. That's what they say. That's what they say in them. Uh, And a whole lot of them have vampires. Oh. And we had this idea the other night what if you had some silver miners who captured vampires and used them to find silver oh they're like a divining rod yeah 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 it's kind of like in the john carpenter's vampires universe where like everybody knows vampires exist kind of yeah 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 so it's like, kind of a thing yeah yeah so like james woods and his pals have captured some vampires and they decide to like you know resurrect an old silver mine <laughs> i like the idea of that because i'm thinking about like these rough and tumble cowboy types you know old pioneer prospectors uh-huh and they got them like some some edward cullens captured up you okay know? yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and they take them down there in the mine and they just kind of mash their face up against a rock and they're like what yes! you think of that and vamp what you think of that what you think <laughs> you burning what do you think it's just a rock. Oh. Oh, 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 oh I'm sapped of energy. Dig here, boys. I can't think of a much worse place to go to if you were a vampire. Because the Old West, like in the Westerns and shit, it's mm-hmm. always so bright and sunny. That well, seems like t- a terrible place for a vampire. Well, let me tell you something about the movie Billy the Kid versus Dracula and where Dracula well. hides out. An oh? abandoned silver mine. <laughs> That's again. This seems like this will only weaken him. You know, right? <laughs> like come on, Dracula, what? you can't be that dumb. Oh man.